Welcome back to Half the Battle. I'm your host as always, Daniel Levy, your co-host Shaq. We're going to be talking UFC 231, Holloway versus Ortega, and Shaq is going down this Saturday. The UFC is back in Toronto. T-City versus Max Blast Holloway. It's finally going down for the championship. Yeah, this is such a great fight. You know, Max Holloway is probably the greatest featherweight of all time just on, uh, you know, his number of wins and his current streak. And Ortega, I mean, you really don't catch guys uh, undefeated in that division for too long, man. Everyone's pretty good. And what he's done is uh, pretty remarkable, man. And he's also got stand-up, and we already know about his – jiu-jitsu we know that if he touches you you know it might be over but i'm excited for this fight man it's a great matchup yeah for max blessed holloway obviously if he wins this fight he's gonna extend his win streak i believe to 13 wins in a row which is something insane but for brian tc the ortega if he comes out here and wins this fight he'll be the second undefeated champion in the ufc right now because obviously we have 27 and no Habib Nurmagomedov at lightweight. So if Ortega gets the belt, that'd be an undefeated featherweight champ and lightweight champ, which would uh, be quite remarkable in this day and age, Shaq. Yeah, 100%. I mean, he's had a tough road there. You know, he had to be Moicano. He finished Frankie, and he finished Cub. So he's been impressive. Yeah, absolutely. And if, God forbid, anything goes wrong with uh, with Holloway's cut, they do have Moicano as a backup fighter. So at the end of our breakdown for the main event, we'll give a slight breakdown in case the Moicano versus Ortega rematch happens because you never know. But we expect uh, Max Holloway to show up for sure. I mean, he's a, he's a great champion. And uh, apparently he, he passed all his tests, man. So it sounds like we're going to get uh, the best blessed uh, on Saturday night. And I can't wait, man. So let's let's break down this card start to finish because first up, in the lightweight division, we got Carlos Diego Ferreira. He's minus 485. The comeback on Kyle Nelson is plus 350. Shaq, it's one thing to make your UFC debut against Carlos Diego Ferreira. It's another thing to make your UFC debut on six days' notice against Carlos Diego Ferreira. What kind of shot are you giving a Kyle Nelson here? Yeah, you know, uh, Carlos Diego Ferreira, you know, He's a great fighter, and you know, uh, even though he's lying fairly high, I mean, there's a very good chance he gets the job done here. You know, Kyle Nelson's a nice guy, but I mean, to come into the UFC debut and face the num, uh, you know, face a top, you know, 30, 30 40 guy is going to be pretty tough, especially a guy that's only lost to Dustin Poirier and Benil Dariush. I just think Diego Ferrer's got too much experience here. You know, his fight with Ronson was going to be a little tricky, even though I thought he was going to win that one too. But, you know, Diego is, isn't is really the most technical guy. You know, he's a jiu-jitsu guy, and, you know, those guys tend to, you know, be a little unorthodox. So, you know, that you do have to uh, play that as a factor. But I think ultimately Diego Ferrer will get a submission victory here. You know, Kyle Nelson did the right things on the regional scene, got that record up to 12-1. and But uh, this is a big step up in competition, as you guys uh, might have already suspected, man, because when you're talking about a guy like Carlos Diego Ferreira, not only are you talking about a third-degree black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, obviously you saw his first-round finish of Jared Gordon, tied his arm behind his back and, uh, and beat his head in until the ref had to intervene. Obviously, the fight with... Olivier Aubin Mercier, OAM, took his back in that third round when it counted most. Beautiful sweep. And uh, the fight with Benil Dariush. I know, he didn't, I know he didn't get the win there, but to go three rounds with with a guy like that, especially at that point in his career in Brazil, I, I think it said a lot. And uh, 
man, Carlos Diego Ferreira is probably going to come out here. I think he's going to hurt him on the feet. I've seen vulnerabilities in Kyle Nelson's uh, striking defense. I think he's going to get hurt with one of those hooks. And from there, it's either going to be a TKO stoppage or a submission. So I got Carlos Diego Ferreira here. Now, next up in the welterweight division, we got Chad Laprise, minus 380. The comeback on Diego Lima is plus 315. Shaq, uh, it's funny. When this line first came out, the odds maker said it minus 285 for Chad Lepree. And I think people might have thought that he was fighting Douglas Lima because action came in on Diego Lima. Then people realized what the deal was. Money came back in on Chad Lepree. But I got to know, man, you think uh, Diego's going to come out here and uh, get a win for A-Town? Yeah, I mean, uh, Diego Lima, you know, he's a, another nice guy. He uh, seems to have more success on the Ultimate Fighter house than he does in the in the real thing. And you know, the real thing, you know, is when there's a line on the fight, you know, when uh, you actually, you know, I mean, I know they get paid for the tough fight, but when it's, uh, you know, just standard business. And uh, Diego seems to struggle with that. You know, personally, I think it, this is just a case of, you know, he had too much to live up to uh, in comparison to his big brother. I think Chad Lepre is a solid fighter. I think he'll win some fights. I think I think he'll lose some fights. But one thing. I do know he'll do. I do know he'll steamroll guys that don't belong here. I don't think Diego Lima belongs here. You know, I think it's uh, excuse after excuse. And you know, I think Chad Lepre, the way he moves side to side, front frontwards, backwards. You know, uh, I just see him eventually touching Diego's chin and putting him down at some point. You know, in the first couple rounds. But you know, uh, Diego Lima is just not a very you know serviceable UFC fighter. You know. Uh, he either gets knocked out or he gets dominated. So I got Chad Lepree here by finish. Yeah, you know, I like Diego Lima a lot as a person. Super nice guy. Always like seeing him at the NFC fights. But you know this is a ruthless business, Shaq. And I just think that uh, Chad Lepree is a couple levels above him, man. I think that he has the kind of execution to go out there and knock out a guy like Diego Lima. And if that doesn't happen, I think he's going to win the decision. So... I definitely got Chad Lepree here uh, comfortably. Now, next up in the Bantamweight division, we got Brad Katona. He's minus 185. The comeback on Matthew Lopez is plus 160. Now, Shaq, a lot of people were surprised that Matthew Lopez was the underdog in this spot. What's your opinion on that? Yeah, you know, I think Katona has a fairly well-rounded game uh, to an extent. You know, uh, We'll see how how really well rounded that is when he takes a step up, and this is a uh, you know a fairly decent sized step up. I mean, Lopez has fought a Sunsal, he's fought Eduardo, he's fought Hani Yaya. So, I mean, they're throwing Katana somewhere. I mean, uh, somewhat kind of in there with a you know a wolf in a sense, but uh, you know Lopez in his fights, uh, you know his. Uh, Weaknesses definitely his cardio. You know, uh, he's been coming out of shape these last couple, well, at least his last fight, and uh, he definitely paid the price for it. You know, after that Alejandro first round, which in which he did well, I mean, it seemed like he completely shut down and uh, he got finished. And you know, his fight with the Sun Sal, you know, uh, he was doing fine in there. He's getting low kicked, but he got knocked out. You know, and unfortunately, those things happen, and those things, uh, probably hurt the longevity of his career you know i am under the suspicion that he is taking this fight a little bit more seriously and you know sometimes i really wouldn't put that much stock into it but then when i consider the people around him like trevor whitman and gaethje 
you know, I kind of do take it a little bit more seriously. So I, I do think he's showing up a little, you know, noticeably slimmer. And uh, Katona's going to have to be ready because I really don't think he's, uh, you know, fought anything really. He's got a, a nice win over Kyler Phillips. But, you know, you know, a different level, man. We'll see. And this is also a big step down for uh, Matthew Lopez. And I've been seeing this trend a lot lately. So I'm going to take Lopez for an upset. I just think he's a stronger, more powerful guy. I think he's going to be able to manage his uh, gas tank a little better this time around and get a, a nice upset win. Yeah, I could totally see it, man. You know, he's definitely fought the higher level of competition. But it's hard to ignore the fact that he's definitely gassed out in all of those fights. You could say on one hand, well, he's been in there with Rafael Asuncao, with Hani Yaya, and Alejandro Perez. And those guys are obviously levels above Brad Katona. But, man, every time... Uh, Every time he lost, that's what happened. You know what I'm saying, Shaq? He did gas out in those fights. And uh, Brad Katona, even though he's never fought anyone on this level, that doesn't mean he can't rise to the occasion. He seems like a pretty cerebral guy to me. I know it's fun to joke around because he trains at SBG. And, you know, uh, we, we, we know the deal. Uh, we, we know what their winning rate is over there, man. But... You know, he seems like a like a cerebral guy. I feel like if, if he comes out here, doesn't get finished in the first round and a half, he can actually take over the second and third round and outpoint him, outvolume him, and uh, go out there and win a decision. So I'm actually gonna get I'm actually gonna take the favorite, Brad Katona here. Now next up in the light heavyweight division, we got Alexander Rakic. He's minus six fifty, and the comeback on Devin Clark is plus 475. Now, Shaq, it's an exciting time for the UFC light heavyweight division. Obviously, you have all these emerging prospects, Dominic Reyes, that kid Johnny Walker the other week, Jimmy the Brute Crute, Alexander Rakic, uh, Magomed Ankalaev. But now with this matchup here, Alexander Rakic is a huge favorite against Devin Clark. Uh, Devin Clark's the more experienced guy in terms of UFC fights. Do you think Devin Clark can get this upset? I think Devin Clark uh, is a... Fairly athletic, strong guy, and I think, you know, against inexperienced guys that can't get up from bottom or that can't stay composed, he'll be able to teach those guys a lesson. Now, Ratchik seems like he, so far, seems like he's the complete package. Seems like he can wrestle, seems like he can box, seems like he can throw, you know, hard kicks, seems like he can manage his cardio. So I, I agree with him being, you know, this big of a favorite. I mean, he's been passing his UFC test with flying colors. I think he's going to pass this one, you know, you know, the, the most danger I see Clark presenting is an occasional, you know, explosion burst if he ties him up against the fence here and there, but ultimately, Devin Clark is scared to get hit, you know, his chin's not the best, he's been knocked out by Alex Nicholson before, you know, uh, when he comes in, you know, he likes to duck his head and just swing and pray for you know, to land something, and you know, sometimes it works out for him. He's a he's a big explosive guy, but I don't think it's gonna work out here. I think Ratchik is gonna end up catching him with a shot, you know, capitalizing on his sloppiness, and uh, put Devin Clark away. Yeah, you know, there's certain guys that you can get away with uh, Devin Clark's uh, striking style with, and there's guys that you can't. And Alexander Rakic is a guy that you absolutely cannot. Obviously, we know about his kickboxing experience, but how it's translated to MMA has been fantastic. You saw that last fight. He put on a, an MMA wrestling clinic against Justin Ledette. Just looked dominant in every facet of the game. His kicks are super hard. Obviously, he throws hard hands. The guy's the complete package, like you said, Shaq. Uh, I'm, I'm a believer in this kid for sure. I'm excited to see uh, how far he takes it. 
You know, I mentioned uh, Devin Clark's ugly striking. Uh, I mean, his wrestling ain't that great either, man. You know, he's uh, he got here on, on pure athleticism. So I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna get ugly, my man. I think this is gonna be uh, Alexander Rakic's first uh, UFC finish. So probably by knockout as well, man. I, I got Alexander Rakic via via brutal finish. Now, next up in the lightweight division, we got Olivier Aubin Mercier. He's minus one twenty. The comeback on Gilbert Dorinho Burns is plus 100. Shaq, it's interesting, man, because they were supposed to fight a couple months back, and we actually both had OAM at that point, but a lot's changed since then. Who you got now uh, that they're not, now that they're about to run it back? Yeah, def- definitely a lot has changed. Um, Gilbert Burns took a knockout loss, and OAM definitely uh, folded up against Hernandez in that third round. Um Technically, you know, I still feel like OAM has some things going for him. And especially coming coming off a loss, I expect him to be even more cautious, more safe, you know, uh, stay more measured with that left kick. And Gilbert Burns also actually has a nice right kick. Um, You know, even on their win streaks, ultimately, I still feel like OAM has the advantage. You know, I feel like Gilbert Burns is going to be thinking a little bit even more so than he has in the past. He's been a thinker in the past, but it seemed like he had got through it for a few fights, but I think he's going to go back to that. I think he's going to be thinking a lot more. I think he's going to be a little more hesitant. I think Gilbert, I mean, uh, Olivier is going to be hesitant as well, but I feel like that fight in Canada favors OAM. I think he's just going to left kick him, jab him. I think it's going to be a fairly uneventful fight. I think, you know, Gilbert might land an occasional big shot here and there, but I think that, uh, OAM's cautious style and uh, just, you know, he's his, uh, his just a cleaner, you know, cleaner, savvier guy. You know, uh, I think uh, there, Gilbert might have a slight edge on the map, but I just don't know if he'll actually capitalize on anything. But uh, I favor OAM by, by close decision. Man, I was a lot more confident in OAM the first time around. You know, now I, I kind of question... Uh... His mindset a little bit, you know. I know Alex Hernandez. You can't discredit him at all, but man, it was kind of a it was kind of a bit of a French quit job, wasn't it, Shaq? So uh, here against Gilbert Dorinho Burns, look, if this hits the mat, you know, I, I believe he's a second or third degree black belt as well. So don't be surprised if uh, Gilbert Burns taps out OAM, and also Gilbert's got some power in his hands too, man. OAM gotta gotta look out for that big body kick. It's always every time he lands that body kick, uh, it makes a sound. You, you cringe when you see that body kick that he uh, that he throws. So obviously Gilbert's got to look out for that, and uh, the kid's got a physical presence too. I mean he trains at TriStar. You know the deal, Shaq. But I think that Gilbert Burns actually is gonna land the harder shots over the three rounds, potentially catch him and get him out of there. So I'm actually gonna go for the slight upset. Uh, I'm gonna take Gilbert Burns. Now next up in the UFC middleweight division. We got Elias Theodoro. He's minus 120. The comeback on Eric Anders is plus 100. Shaq, you think that Elias Theodoro is going to be able to punch the air and win a decision here? Yeah, it's an interesting fight. Um, personally, I think there's a little bit you know, more intrigue to his game than that. Um, you know, uh, Eric Anders, very good athlete, very strong, very powerful. Um, how would I describe Eric? Um... I feel like Eric has all the physical tools to win this fight. Um, I think he's could possibly translate down the line, but at the same time, I also have a 
where, you know, he is 31 years old. Maybe he is done being an athlete. And maybe he isn't. I know he's a Division One football player, but uh, maybe he isn't quite the the extent of athlete that, you know, uh, I or at least some other people thought he was. And Elias Theodora, you know, my God, I mean, it's amazing that he's found a way to win as much fights as he has, you know, with inflicting as little damage as he has. You know, this guy, uh, this guy, uh, in turn, when it comes to inflicting damage, I mean, he's a non-factor. He can't box to save his life. And he, uh, he, he fights to, he fights to win. He doesn't fight to actually hurt people. He just fights to, you know, squeak out decisions. And hey, you know, props to him. You know, that can, that's one of a, a lot of fights. Um, you know, I feel like Eric, you know, uh, when we've seen him against guys with Elias' style, like Leota Machida, you know, Elias is a strictly pretty much a kicker, just a nonstop volume kicker, and he can kick all day. And, you know, a lot of his kicks, uh, as the fight progresses, can become a little softer, but, you know, he's already racked up the points by then, uh, you know, but it's real interesting because Eric seems to struggle to answer off kicks, man. Uh, occasionally, you know, he'll let his his hands go with his left hand and that's what you would want him to do here. But, you know, even when he does let, let, let his left hand go at times, you know, he can be hunched all the way over and falling over and, you know, a little sloppy here and there and he'll miss a lot of his punches. So, you know, I really don't think he's that accurate of a puncher, but, you know, I definitely understand, you know, fading Elias here, man, because he's, you know, the, uh, I really didn't have, you know, I felt like he was kind of underrated, but then I watched that Dan Kelly fight. You know, that Dan Kelly fight was, you know, really alarming. He looked like shit in that fight. He looked real <laughs> slow. He looked, you know, just he hit soft. I mean, he looked real slow, but he still somehow won a 30-26, you know. And and it's like, uh, it's not just, you know, these other guys letting him off the hook. I mean, I feel like a lot of guys have had opportunities to finish him in the past. I feel like they're all in the range, the perfect range to do it. But uh, he seems to just just flail out the way and uh, move his head out the way. So props to Elias, man. You know, I feel like this fight just comes down to if, if Eric lets his hands go. And, you know, and how accurate are his hands going to be? You know, I feel like if he comes with a, a good ferocious pace, you know, good boxing volume, good car boxing uh, cardio, I feel like he could win this fight. But if he's hesitant, if he continuously finds himself in bad positions like he has in the past, then you know I feel like uh, it has the recipe for an, an Elias, you know, a typical a typical Elias victory, man. So uh, it's a 50-50 fight to me. I, I slightly lean Eric Anders, but you know, uh, may the better man win. Man, I just can't believe some of the things that Elias Theodora gets away with inside that octagon, man. Especially those last two fights against Dan Kelly and Trevor Smith. Shaq, it's uh, it's getting uglier by the fight, my man, and uh, I feel like his style hasn't really evolved. I feel like he's been the same thing all along, and you know he did fight tough in in those losses against uh, Maheta and Brad Tavares, but man, I feel like those last two fights after the Brad Tavares fight, the Dan Kelly and uh, Trevor Smith fights, I don't want to say he's on the decline, but he's definitely plateaued, and I feel like now. It could be time for that first uh, stoppage loss, my man. I think this could be uh, first canvas nap time for Elias Theodora. Look, I know that Eric Anders hasn't exactly knocked everyone out that he's fought. But, hey, man, he went in there with uh, Tiago Maheta Santos. He got the call on Monday of fight week, okay? Off the couch. 
to not just go fight some bum, to go fight motherfucking Tiago Maheta Santos, and he went out there. He got a fight of the night bonus out of it. You know what I'm saying, Shaq? Off the couch, and now with a full training camp, you know, when you get the call that you're going to fight uh, Tiago Maheta Santos, you know that one of the outcomes is if this guy's going to beat me, he's probably going to knock me the fuck out. Whereas you get the call to, <laughs> to fight Elias Theodoro, and, you know, the guy, the guy's harmless. So I feel like this is a perfect spot for Eric Anders to come out here, let his hands go, be the more athletic guy, be the more powerful guy, dominate the clinch exchanges. And even if Elias Theodoro is getting off on that volume, land the harder shots, pop his head back, and get that impact from the crowd. I know we are in Canada, so if it's extremely close, they might give it to Elias. But I feel like if Eric sticks with that game plan and uh lets the power shots really go to make that big impact and uh make it make it to where the volume of Elias doesn't matter as much offset that volume and I think uh and I think Eric can not only get a knockout but can also win a decision here so I'm gonna go with Eric for the slide upset now Shaq next up we got Caitlin Chukagan she's minus 210 and the comeback on Jessica I is plus 175 now Shaq Jessica Eyes on her first win streak since uh, since her pre UFC days. You think she makes it three in a row here against uh against the former tennis player Caitlin Chukagan? Been looking uh, real good lately, man. You know, uh, her last fight she was on point. She was throwing some hard shots out there. She looked real fast. So props to her, Chukagan. We uh, she's a consummate professional. We know what she's gonna come with. She's gonna come with her sound. She's gonna come with uh, you know a side game and you know she's got the good teep she's got the good kicking game good boxing i mean she's solid everywhere her weakness is that takedown defense and we know i uh we know i've been utilizing her wrestling more and more it seems like um we know that i likes to keep her chin up in the air a little bit so uh this is going to be interesting you know they got chuk at minus two now it's real interesting to see that confidence but it's not surprising considering who the opponent is we know that just guy uh, can kind of go both ways with the with the public a little bit. But, uh, you know, I feel like this fight's just going to be close, man. <laughs> no matter which way you look at it, I feel like it's going to be, uh, you know, a typical uh, strawweight, flyweight female fight. You know, uh, just a closely, highly contested battle. I don't see either girl leaping out of head of the other one too far. I just feel like, you know, it's going to be one of those close... Uh, fights where you don't know who won at the end um i'll take uh just guy for the upset you know i think she's just a faster more impactful uh fighter you know i know she does have a support dog but you know <laughs> just with these female fights and these wide lines man with these wide lines uh i just feel like these fights always end up playing close so playing out close so i'll take the the value i do think there's value uh in the underdog in in terms of the the sense of the type of fight it's going to be so i'll take jessica yeah i mean i think you bring up great points man and she definitely has a path to victory if she goes out there and does what liz carmouche did which is mixing the takedowns and obviously jessica i now that she has dropped the weight class not saying that all the mental issues have been fixed or anything like that and not saying that she's going to be a you know a top three fighter in that weight class but Hey, she strung two wins together, Shaq, and she's been able to mix in takedowns to win fights, which was something she wasn't able to do up a weight class, so maybe she's able to do that here against Kaitlyn Chukagian. I understand taking the shot. Now, the reason that I wouldn't personally bet on Kaitlyn at this price is because the fight's going to be super close, man, and it's going to be... 
it's going to be one of those fights where, uh, you, like you said, man, you don't know who won at the end of it. But one thing you know about Caitlin Chukagian is when it hits the judges' scorecards, her history is a lot better than Jessica I's history when it hits the scorecards. I mean, we, we like to call it uh, getting chuked. And I think that uh, my girl Jessica I is about to get chuked here. I think that Caitlin Chukagian's about to throw a bunch of strikes at the air, make a bunch of sounds, and uh, you know it's going to look like a 29-28 Jessica I, but the, the judges are going to read a 30-27 Caitlin Chukagian. So I got Chukagian uh, via decision here. Now, next up in the strawweight division, we got Claudia Gadelia. She's minus 335. And the comeback on Nina Ansaroff is plus 275. Now, Shaq, uh, Nina Ansaroff's been looking in the best form of her career. You think she's got a chance to get this upset here? Man, it's going uh, to be a good fight. You know, I like what how Nina's been looking lately. Uh, I guess somewhat of a resurgence. Uh, she's a good striker, man. And, you know, uh, Claudia, you know, we know she's one of the, uh, I guess, somewhat pioneers of the Australia division. And the way I see this fight playing out is, you know, I see uh, Claudia being just the better athlete, the stronger athlete, the faster athlete in the early stages of the fight. And then, uh, you know, I see, I see her, you know, not necessarily dominating the first round, but, you know, either getting a takedown or just landing the harder boxing combinations, you know, doing her thing early on. But, you know, Claudia tends to hit that wall, uh, you know, at least recently, she's been hitting a wall, you know, where she gets a little tired, and she's always had that in her. When she gets tired, she shuts down, and she starts doing the Novo and Yeah. So if Nina can get her to a state of exhaustion where she is tired, you know, it'll be a, it'll be an ugly fight, and you'll see Claudia out there doing some questionable things. Unfortunately, I think Nina's just going to fall just short. I wouldn't even be shocked if it was a 30-27, to be honest. I just think the grappling between the two is just on, on, on completely different levels. And just the... the uh, just, you know, I know Claudia is a hard time, but at the end of the day, she is a top five girl, and, you know, there, there's levels to this. So I think uh, Claudia will get her hand raised. Look, even though she got rocked by Carla Sparza, look, Carla's uh, combinations have been getting better ever since she got that clinic put on her against Joanna and Jacek. She tightened up her hands a little bit. She was able to go out there and rock Claudia Gadelia. But I feel like in this spot, you know, Claudia's going to get a lot of takedowns here. That's what's going to win her the decision. But it could get uh, a little bit shaky in that third round, you know. Nina could start to come back in that third. Uh, you know, a lot of people have said that, She's uh, one of the most talented fighters in that division. That's what they say uh, out of ATT. That's what the word is, that people just haven't really seen her talent inside of the octagon yet. So, I mean, we'll see what she's got. This is the biggest opportunity of her career. I see her winning the third round, but I think that Claudia Gadelia can win the first two with her takedown. So, I, I got the big favorite here as well, my man. Main card time. First up in the light heavyweight division, we got Tiago Maheta Santos. He's minus 190. And the comeback on Jimmy the poster boy Manua is plus 165. Now, Shaq, most likely these two are going to stand and bang until one man falls. The question is, which man is going to fall? Yeah, it's interesting. It just depends on uh, if what Maheta wants to do. You know, I feel like at 205, Maheta's going to be real fast. You know, I feel like... Uh, you know, 205 long term is definitely the better move for him. Um, you know, but we, at, the, at the same time, we've seen Maheta, you know, fight with his hands down at times. And, you know, we know that that chin is kind of a little questionable. I know he won his last fight, but, you know, uh, that chin can be, uh, it can definitely be touched at times. And he's definitely wobbled and he's definitely hit the canvas before. So, you know, uh, Jimmy Manuel, we know he's got sharp left hooks. 
you know, sharp uh, punches on the end tight. But, you know, Jimmy's getting a little old these days, and he's also been coming off some, you know, pretty devastating losses and some ass whoopings, man, that Jan Blakovich fight in his hometown. I mean, that was a big setback. I mean, Jan hurt him real bad. And uh, the Volcan fight. So we'll see what type of shape he's in. We'll see. Uh, I know his back's against the wall. Not, you know, necessarily contract-wise, but, you know, his back's against the wall. I know he really wants his win. But uh, I just think Tiago's going to be too fast for him. You know, I feel like uh, Tiago's just going to come out and stun him with a shot early. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if Jimmy, you know, extended it and, you know, possibly knocked him out later down the line. But I just see uh, Tiago coming out and just catching him off guard early. So I like uh, Mahara Santos. Yeah, I definitely feel like with 20 pounds of extra water in his brain and just in his body, man, uh, Mahara Santos is going to be able to take those shots a lot better because, you know, he was a bit chinny at 85. But offensively speaking, I mean, look, the guy's got a hammer tattooed on his chest for a reason. He's one of the best hammers in the game, but not one of the best nails. So it just comes down to uh, is Jimmy Manuel going to be fast enough when he lets his hands go? to land on the chin of Tiago Maheta because even at 205 pounds, Jimmy Manuel hits like a truck. I honestly think this is a dog or pass situation, man. I think that there is value on Jimmy Manuel here at plus 165 because uh, basically he's live for a knockout victory. Ultimately, though, my pick is Tiago Maheta Santos. I think he's the younger, you know, I, I say fresher guy. He's been knocked out his fair share of times as well, but I feel like offensively speaking, he has more to offer here. So... You know, uh, either guy could get the knockout. I do think it's a dogger pass situation, but I got to go with uh, with my gut, and that's Tiago Maheta Santos. Now, next up in the featherweight division, we got Hakeem Duwadu. He's minus 165, and the comeback on Kyle Bochniak is plus 145. Now, Shaq, uh, we know for a fact that Kyle Bochniak, uh, the guy's an absolute dog. You saw that fight was the beat. And Hakeem Duwadu, he came into the UFC super hyped, just got his first win. He's looking to make it two in a row. You think he's going to do so against the very tough Kyle Bochniak? Yeah, Hakeem Dewadu, he's a, a fairly good prospect. He's been hyped up for a very long time. He's got, you know, decent power. One thing I do like about Hakeem is, uh, you know, he, he can uh, maintain his power throughout the three rounds. And, you know, uh, he's an interesting guy. And, you know, Bochniak, I feel like he's super underrated. I feel like this guy will fight his heart out. I feel like he will fight tooth, tooth and nail. I feel like he'll give it his all. I feel like his movement's on point. His low kicks are on point. Uh, his boxing's getting better. I think he's an improving mixed martial artist, an underrated guy that can give you know a lot of guys uh, a hard test. Um, his only part of you know, Rose in his debut, and when he came into the UFC, he'd only been a, a pro for a couple of years, not, I think not even two years, so, I mean, he got into the big show fairly fast, and I mean, he had to sink or swim, and he, he's definitely uh, swimming as of right now, so props to uh, Kyle Bosniak. You know, as far as the matchup goes, I feel like Hakeem Duwadu, I've said in the past, I feel like he plays around a lot. Now, I feel like, you know, these things can be fixed, uh, you know, with the right people around you, but he likes to dip his chin up in the air. He likes to, you know, find himself in bad spots, whether it be getting taken down or giving up his back. So, you know, he seems to muscle his way out of everything, and you can do that when you're fighting, you know, little pipsqueaks like Steven Seiler and, you know, Austin Arnett. So we'll see how he's in there. You know, I know Boshnak might, you know, physically look like those guys a, a little more, but, you know, one thing that's different is just the the fire on the inside. So, 
it's uh, going to be a good fight. You know, I feel like Bajniak's a little faster than Hakeem. You know, of course, Hakeem's more powerful, but, you know, Bajniak will eat a shot. He's never been dropped in the UFC. He's never really been, uh, you know, necessarily, like, hurt real bad with the shot to wobbled or, you know, uh, dropped or anything. So it's going to be a good fight. I feel like Bajniak's just going to be a little bit too much of a dog in there. You know, I feel like Hakeem's going to do his thing. I feel like he's got a bright future ahead of him. But I just feel like Bajniak's going to land the one or two extra shots. You know, the spots where Hakeem wants to rest, I think uh, Bajniak's going to land those extra couple shots. And those shots will be the deciding factor. I think he'll stuff. If Hakeem occasionally wants to tie up, I feel like Bajniak will has the nonstop cardio to find him, to get himself out those positions and, you know, keep his movement up. So I got Bosniak here. The only way I see him losing here is if he, uh, you know, continuously got hurt with shots. That's what Hakeem's game is based off. But the guy's got a great chin, and Hakeem doesn't. So I like uh, Bosniak. One thing I'll say about Kyle Bosniak is if you bet on Kyle Bosniak, win or lose, this guy is going to fight his heart out for your money. He's an absolute dog. He's a total warrior. And uh, he puts it all on the line every single time and does whatever it takes to get the victory. Sometimes it translates. Obviously, you saw the Enrique Barzola fight. Hey, Enrique Barzola wasn't able to hold down Kyle Bochniak. You saw him hold down a guy like Gabriel Benitez. Uh, Kyle Bochniak, his get-up game is seriously on point. His takedown defense is serious as well. He makes up for uh, his lack of athleticism with intelligence, I feel like, man. I know it's kind of it's kind of interesting to say that because... He might appear to be a meathead, but honestly, bro, I, I feel like he—I uh, feel like he thinks when he's in there. He kind of reminds me of Alejandro Perez in a way. You know, he might not be the most athletically gifted, but he knows how to win these decisions, and uh, he usually does it by, you know, pouring on that volume when it counts most. And uh, you know, obviously, he wasn't able to get the job done against Zabit, who is a super prospect. But here against Hakim Duwadu, I don't think Hakim Duwadu you know, is on, uh, you know, Sadiq Yusuf's level. I don't think he's on Zabit Magomed Sharapov's level. I think that Hakeem Duwadu is a little bit overhyped. You know, he's got a good technical Muay Thai game, you know, decent leg kicks, likes to mix in the hook to the body, do the Aldo combination, which is left hook to the body, followed by the right leg kick. But, I mean, when Aldo does it, it's devastating. When Hakeem Duwadu does it, you know, it's just, it's just, he's just kind of average, man. So, I, I feel like... Maybe he can slow down uh, Bochniak with a bunch of leg kicks and uh, just do a, you know, a, t- a typical technical tie performance. But man, I see Kyle Bochniak's volume and just the dog in him being too much, and I see him actually uh, out volume out voluming uh, Hakeem Duwadu to a decision here. Now, next up in the welterweight division, we got Gunnar Nelson. He's minus one forty-five. The comeback on Alex Cowboy Oliveira is plus one twenty-five. Now. Uh, Shaq, uh, we finally heard from Gunnar Nelson again, you know, ever since uh, he got eye-poked to the chin and went unconscious against Santiago Ponzinibbio. We haven't heard from him, but now he's back against the always dangerous Alex Cowboy. Uh, you think uh, Alex Cowboy is going to eye-poke him to the chin? You know, yeah, you know, I, I, I think Gunnar Nelson likes to come out with uh, some dynamic movement, um, some dynamic angles for the first couple minutes. And I think for the first couple minutes, he's hell on wheels. But I see a common thing throughout his career, dating, you know, since the Zach Cummings fight, since the Rick Story fight, if you if you push him, if you push him, he will break and he will tire out. I think he's got a big cardio problem. I think uh, he's got an advantage over Alex, obviously being in the jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu, uh, jiu-jitsu department, but 
I think Alex just has more ways to win. You know, I feel like generally when Gunny uh, submits people, he hurts them on the first on the feet first. You know, uh, he's got a couple of trip takedowns here and there, but for the most part, you know, besides one submission, they all started off by him dropping the guy first. So, you know, uh, it's going to be hard to drop Alex Scott Boy because he's got to stand with Alex Scott Boy. And another interesting thing is, you know, that long karate like movement that gunny likes to use you know alex can play that game as well man uh he's got some long range and whether gunny's you know looking like he's on steroids or whether he's not or whether he looks like he's a uh, lightweight he's not bigger than alex and by any sense of the means i feel like alex is the stronger athlete i feel like alex has that real strength you know uh, i feel like the only way alex can lose this fight is if it you know he makes a, a stupid decision you know i feel like if he uh you know, wants to play around a little bit too much on the map, then eventually he might get caught. But I just feel like the brute force of Alex is going to be too much here. You know, I feel like if they get close, there's a chance that Alex could just, you know, flat out knock him out. Or don't be shocked if Alex beats him up in that clinch. Or don't be shocked if Alex ends up, you know, throughout the, the course of the fight, ends up taking him down. I mean, Alex has got some good wrestling, too. He's got American wrestling in his arsenal as well. Um, you know, I feel like uh, he just has more ways to win. So I like Alex Cabo. I just think he's the more violent, uh, better conditioned athlete. And uh, I think he'll get the job now. Yeah, for Gunny Nelson, obviously he's got to get this fight to the mat and he's got to take the back of Alex Oliveira and choke him out. And, you know, Carlos Condit was almost uh, able to do that, Shaq. And Carlos Condit, you know, Alex Cowboy gave us a heart attack against uh, Carlos Condit. You know, we max bet him in that spot, and uh, he, he did come through, but holy shit. I mean, when when Carlos Condit's uh, double-legging you, man, it was kind of alarming, but I know on Alex's best day that he can stuff these takedowns, and, man, for Gunny to get this to the mat, he's got to close the distance on one of the hardest hitters in the division, and we've said it for years, man. Alex is just one of those guys... Uh, you know, dudes get injured when they throw strikes at him. You know, you'll you'll break uh you'll fracture your shin trying to kick him. You'll break your hand trying to punch him. He's just one of those guys. And then if you start to gas out on a guy like Alex Cowboy Oliveira, his clinch game is absolutely devastating. He'll pin you up against that fence and start landing some of the most brutal knees you've ever seen. So, you know, Gunny with this uh, SBG cardio problem, which you guys all know about, this fight goes past the first round and. Uh, Man, Gunny might be in some serious trouble here. So, obviously, Gunny's got to do his little blitz. He's got to drop Alex Cowboy. He's got to take his back and choke him out in that first round, or else I think he's in big trouble, man. So, you know, I dog money. I'm going to favor uh, the guy who I think wins the long-term battle, and that is Alex Cowboy Oliveira. And I think he gets a finish here. Co-main event of the evening. We got Valentina Bullet Shevchenko. She's minus 340. The comeback on Joanna Janjacek is plus 280. Now, Shaq, uh, Valentina's coming down a weight class and Joanna's going up a weight class. They're meeting at 125 pounds for the title. Valentina has actually beat Joanna three times in Muay Thai. It's funny people people bring it up. I'm the one bringing it up, but, you know, they were wearing shin pads. They were wearing headgear. Obviously, it doesn't count. Now they meet in MMA for a vacant UFC world title. Who you got? Yeah, you know, I got a, a lot of respect for both girls. Both girls are definitely, you know, in that elite group of uh, female fighting. And, you know, Joanna, Joanna's definitely, you know, coming up from strawweight, uh, probably, you know, a better move considering some of the cuts she's had to strawweight in the past. So, you know, maybe, uh, you know, one of her weakness being her chin, you know, maybe that uh, issue's... Uh, 
could be, you know, somewhat patched up here. You know, Valentina, man, it's uh, real interesting this matchup because, you know, I feel like Joanna is one of the, uh, you know, better point fighters. You know, I feel like, you know, her sound game and her movement and her in and out and just just the way she can rack up those points and the way she can look at times can be, you know, pretty amazing, man. And then uh, you got Valentina who at times, you know, can be super defensive. Like uh, they were discussing it in the countdown show. You know, she can be defensive all the way to, you know, where she's literally not throwing anything and she's just, you know, sitting back and right hooking. And it's going to be interesting because, you know, uh, I just see this fight, you know, like I said earlier with Chukagian and I, you know, I said I feel like there's a good chance it could just be a highly contested point battle. And, you know, when you get these lines that are so wide, I mean, with the type of fight that it's most likely going to be, you know, uh, it's going to be interesting. I don't see either going out in front of the other one and making the other one like a joke, you know, past the other one necessarily by a wide margin. So I, I see this also being another close fight, you know, a 48-47 type of fight where it's the way. As far as the winner... Man, I don't see Valentina getting takedowns. I don't see Valentina, you know, uh, consistently wobbling Joanna throughout the three-round fight. I do think Joanna's the better point fighter, so I'm going to go for the uh, upset, man. I feel like it's going to be a closely uh, contested split decision. Strawweight queen, uh, Joanna. Man, it's such an interesting fight to call, yeah. and I also agree that the line is super wide especially when you consider Valentina Shevchenko's history in title fights. Uh, actually, she's only 0-1, <laughs> you know, but she did lose to Amanda twice. Look, every time she's fought a champion, she's lost, and, you know, it's a it's a pulling-the-trigger issue. I mean, when she lets it go, man, she's she can be as violent as they come, but then again, she did fight a, a you know... No, no offense to my girl Pedrita... Uh, Priscilla Cachoeira, but you know, <laughs> she she fought a complete bum, man, and that's how you're supposed to look in a spot like that, you know. And uh, here against Joanna and Jacek, it's a completely different story. Uh, obviously, Joanna lands at a way higher rate than Valentina, but what Valentina does really well, her right hook, her spinning back fist, and uh, her leg kick, <laughs> you know, she she does those three things really well. And what Joanna does really well, she makes sounds for the judges. And she lands punches and bunches. And if she does the punches and bunches here and avoids getting really hurt, I think she will avoid getting really hurt here, man. Because I think those ten extra pounds, uh, I think she's gonna t she's gonna eat some shots better. So as long as the size doesn't play too big of a factor, because there's always that chance that Valentina could go out there and you know just murk her real quick based on the size. But I personally don't see that happening, Shaq. I think it's gonna be. A very closely contested battle, like you said, and I think uh, the only way to bet this fight is dogger pass. So, you know, I would take the plus two eighty, the plus three hundred, you know, the plus uh, whatever you can get on on Yoanni and Jacek. Uh, you know, put put one unit on it and see what happens because she definitely has a path to victory here, man. Uh, she's got way more output than Valentina Shevchenko, so don't be surprised when Valentina Shevchenko is crying robbery again here. Main event of the evening, Shaq. Max Blessed Holloway, the UFC featherweight champion. He's minus 110. And Brian T-City Ortega, the challenger, is also minus 110. Shaq, this is a once-in-a-lifetime matchup. I mean, it's not often you get a defending champion like Max Holloway, who's on the streak that he's on, who's beat the guys that he's beat. 
finished Jose Aldo not once but twice. And Brian T. City Ortega, I mean, we're talking about wins over guys like Renato Moicano, finishes over Renato Moicano. Only man in MMA history to knock out the legendary Frankie Edgar. And now he takes on the champion Max Blessed Holloway. So, man, I got to know. They're finally going to meet who you got. Yeah, this is such a great fight, man. Uh, Holloway with the 12-fight winning streak, and, you know, we haven't seen him in a while. And it seems like the consensus is uh, his health is deteriorating. And, you know, it's either which way you look at it, man. You know, some people put stock into those things, and some people just put less stock into those things. So, uh, you know, I feel like Ortega definitely, uh, you know, on the outside looking in, you know, that things definitely are... Uh, uh, looking, you know, towards his favor. Um, he seemed, uh, I mean, man, what he's done, like he knocked out Frankie, he finished Cub Swanson, and he beat Moicano, man. And, you know, I felt like personally when he was fighting Moicano, you know, at times I did feel like I was watching the two best, uh, the two best featherweights in the world. And, you know, if I would have said that at the time, you know, I would have been crazy, but that's, uh, that's how I felt at times watching that fight. That fight did get fight of the night. It was a great fight. I feel like Holloway is definitely, you know, the cleaner puncher, a better puncher. I'm not saying that Ortega can't box because he definitely broke Kanato's nose. But, uh, you know, I definitely feel like he's just a better straight puncher, just a better puncher, you know, overall. He's lo- he's longer, uh, cleaner. But the thing with Max is, you know, just his, uh, his damage, you know, meter building up throughout the, throughout the years. You know, is that the reason why he's low-key really been out you know i mean he when max fights you know he inflicts a lot of damage but he also he also takes a lot of damage and you know and he started at such a young age too man so you know the uh the window could close for him a little sooner than most you know um you know as far as the fight goes man i feel like uh even though max is the better puncher better striker i do feel like ortega has the more uh fight altering shots if you know what i mean uh the the shots that are really gonna uh you know put the fear in you because Ortega's just gonna keep moving forward he'll eat in every shot you take I mean he's proven that you know time in and time out you know I know Hanato's never knocked anything out but I mean man if you've seen some I mean I, I know you saw that fight with uh Cub Swanson and how desperate uh Cub Swanson was you know a couple minutes into that fight but uh you know I'm gonna take uh Ortega you know I think uh, he just creates chaos, man. I just think that I think Max will be getting off to a good lead early on. You know, I definitely think you'll see the difference in just the the technique early on. But uh, I feel like eventually, you know, uh, Ortega will land a shot that stuns Max. Not necessarily floors him, but just, you know, just causes him to make a mistake. And not necessarily get submitted, but he could get TK out as well or... You know, maybe Ortega just, you know, takes it and runs with it and keeps moving forward on to a decision. But I see Ortega, you know, pulling off this uh, this title title victory. I just think he's uh, too determined. I think he's just uh, – I know first all time could be around the corner, and I know it's coming very soon, and it could be here. But I like Ortega by finish. I'm going to say fourth round, and uh, I think he'll be the new featherweight champ. Man, this is such an incredible fight. Obviously, looking forward, to, looking forward to it very, very much. Man, uh, what can you say about Max Holloway? You know, he's come such a long way. You could always see the the glimpses early on in his UFC career. Obviously, you remember when he TKO'd Justin Lawrence with those body shots. 
And then, uh, you know, he's TKOing guys like Anthony Showtime Pettis with body shots, too. And then he's knocking out guys like Jose Aldo. So, Max Holloway, total stud. And, you know, as far as the health thing, I don't want to blow it out of proportion and make too big of a deal out of it. The only thing I'm going to mention about the health thing is, look, he has pulled out of three fights this year. And one of those was up a weight class at 155. So, you know, that's just, uh, I don't know what the deal is, man. I hope he's okay. As far as Ortega, you know, in a pure striking match, I, I do uh, have uh, Max Holloway. But, man, uh, Ortega, as long as he has a chin, the guy is uh, the guy is going to be a problem to deal with for a lot of people, man. And right now he still has his chin. Shaq, his chin has not gone yet. So as long as he's got that chin, uh, he can walk through everything but the kitchen sink, man. And, you know, eventually, you know the deal, Shaq. You know what happens uh, with aging fighters. The chin starts to go, and then they, they don't eat the shots that they would have been able to eat. You know, like my boy uh, Chuck the Iceman Liddell. You remember the shots he used to be able to eat back in the day? And now it's, uh, oh, look, Chuck's stiff on the canvas. So right now, Brian T. City Ortega can eat all the shots. So as long as he's at that point in his career, it's very hard to pick against him. You know, eventually he's going to start getting laid out stiff every fight, but not for a while, man. He's only about 26 years old, 27 years old. So right now is not the time for, for that. Even though first L is always around the corner, there's always time for that first L. And if he cannot create uh, an opportunistic fish, uh, finish along the way, chances are that he will take his first L here. I do think if it goes to decision, you got to slightly lean towards Max. But, man, it's hard to to count Ortega out in terms of finding a way to finish the fight. I mean, how do you find a way to make <laughs> to make Moicano shoot on you to get that submission? How do you knock out Frankie Edgar in the first round? I know a bunch of people have rocked Frankie Edgar and maybe uh, you know all that buildup led to that knockout, but that wasn't a that wasn't a soft shot that Ortega hit him with. That was a that was an uppercut from uh from my from my grandma's house. You know what I'm saying, Shaq? So I just uh, feel like Ortega is the real deal, and he's opportunistic enough to create the chaos necessary to find that finish along the way. But it's going to be a battle because with Max Blessed Holloway, he's going to be mixing it to the body. He's going to be throwing spins. He's going to be throwing the straight punches. Man, he, don't be surprised if uh, Max Holloway wins this fight either. Look, it's minus 110 apiece for a reason. But my gut says that somewhere along the way, Brian Ortega gets the finish. So for that reason, I'm going to pick him here to be the new champion. And uh, I think that there's a chance that they rematch. They can have a trilogy. Uh, there's also a chance Max moves up after this fight. So I'm going to pick Ortega here. Now, Shaq, obviously we both hope that this fight happens and you know there's no bullshit. But just in case something does happen at the weigh-ins, and it does become Moicano versus Ortega too. Who would your pick be in that one? Oh, yeah. Well, so, well, firstly, I don't think it's going to happen. Even if they did, even if one did pull out, even if even if one did pull out, I don't think it's going to happen because I did see something uh, where, Ortega's, uh, man, where Ortega's management said they would not take uh, the Moicano fight. But uh, if they did fight, I think Kanato would get his revenge. Okay, so you still have faith that uh, Renato Moicano can be a future UFC featherweight world champion? 100%. Man, I, I also feel like there's a chance that if uh, Moicano and Ortega are to rematch in this specific spot, it could be that letdown spot. You know, you've been wanting to fight Max Holloway. You already beat this guy, Renato Moicano. And Renato's uh, got nothing to lose in that situation. So, And also, he can make that slight adjustment. You know, he was winning the fight on the feet. 
the pressure did get to him and he had to shoot. So who knows? A slight adjustment. He could come out here and win the fight. So I would act, I would actually pick uh, Moicano as well, just like I did the first time. Now, uh, normally we hit up Kyle Marley for the Big Marley Minute, but, you know, Big Marley, he was flowing out by DraftKings last week. Now he's recovering. I mean, the guy lost his voice. Uh, you know, my boy Big Marley is doing his thing. Definitely hit him up at Big Marley 3 and uh, check out his write-up. I read it every single week. Great material, Big Marley 3. Now, Shaq, we got to talk about the fight to watch and the fighter to watch. So what is the fight to watch for UFC 231? Yeah, my fight to watch is going to be Alex Cowboy versus Gunnar Nelson. I like the matchup. I think uh, when you get two guys that, uh, you know, Alex, Cow Alex Cowboy has been racking up his, the wins lately. Gunnar is uh, coming off a big surgery, a big layoff, a big loss. So, I mean, you can almost say his career is riding on this fight. So that's my fight to watch. Yeah, look, my fight to watch. It's got to be the main event. Look, this is a once-in-a-lifetime UFC title fight. It's not often you see a world champion who's on the kind of win streak that Max Holloway's on, trying to break the records that he's trying to break. And he's taking on an undefeated challenger who's literally finished all the best guys in the world. And now they're meeting. And this is, uh, this is the pinnacle of mixed martial arts. This is the reason that we tune in to this sport every single week, to see, to see fights like this, man. And... Uh, I, I highly recommend that everyone buys the pay-per-view because Max Holloway versus Brian Ortega are going to steal the show. Now, Shaq, who is your fighter to watch for UFC 231? Yeah, my fighter to watch my fighter to watch is going to be uh, Alexander Atrick. You know, I feel like if he comes out here as a, another solid performance, I feel like there will be another uh, contender. I'm not contender, but, you know, another prospect slash contender, I guess, uh, at 205, so... Alexander Ratchet. Yeah, he's definitely someone to look out for. And my fighter to watch is also in the 205-pound division, but I'm going with Tiago Maheta Santos. I feel like if he can come out here and beat a guy in Jimmy Manoa, it'll further the claim that and further the evidence and the proof that these guys moving up in weight class are having success, man. You know, they're cutting less weight, and those 20 extra pounds, it could uh, – could pay dividends for, for a guy like Tiago Maheta Santos in this spot, so I'm very curious to see how he performs, and for that reason, obviously he's always exciting to watch, he is my fighter to watch. Shaq, we did it. It's going down this Saturday, UFC 231, Max Holloway versus Brian T-City Ortega, Valentina Shevchenko versus Joanna Janjacek, Alex Cowboy Oliveira versus Gunny Nelson. It's a super stack card. And uh, it's going to be a historic evening. Make sure they follow you at MMA Genius 05. Follow me at Best Fight Picks, our Instagram, Best Fight Picks Official. Subscribe to Half the Battle on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Stitcher. And uh, thank you very much to every single person that supports us. We uh, sincerely appreciate it. And uh, Shaq, let's cash these bets.